0: Hi, it's Richard from the Story Walk Podcast. The Story Walk Podcast is composed of real stories that I make up while I am out hiking, snowshoeing, skiing, and backpacking with my children. You may notice background noise during the podcast due to the real nature of recording these stories in the outdoors. Now, on to today's story. Here we are. We're walking out from our backpacking trip. It's rained a bit, and now it's clearing. And the vote is for a new Booger McFarland. This Booger McFarland story is a unique one. What people don't realize is that Booger was becoming a big celebrity. With all his success and funny exploits and his great, 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 museum in his house of all the Home Shopping Network's cubic zirconiums, Booger was famous. And with this fame came the fact that people wanted to be his friends. And also there were people that were trying to trick him or exploit him. And unfortunately for Booger, As he was sitting one day watching Home Shopping Network, looking at all the incredible jewelry, ornamental plates, decorative spoons and whatnot, somebody rang his doorbell. What's this? Booger said. He wasn't used to people coming by except for Keith, and Keith was on holiday, surfing in Waikiki in Hawaii. Booger looked at the door. There was a man in a suit. This was kind of weird. I wonder who that is, said Booger. But being Booger, he was too lazy to answer the door. The doorbell rang again. There was a knock. The man looked right at Booger and said, Sir, I can literally see you sitting in your chair. I know you're home. Booger didn't know what to do. He figured he'd try something. Beep! You've reached the residence of Booger McFarland. Please leave a message at the beep. The man knocked on the door again. I'm not telephoning you, sir. I'm at your door. Your door is pretty much open and I see you sitting there. When you made that telephone answer message, I could see your lips moving. Even if I didn't see your lips moving, I would know that You don't get an answering machine when you ring someone's door. Please come let me in. Booger didn't know what to do. So he closed his eyes and he hoped he would go invisible. He didn't know why he thought that. He was just hopeful. The door knocked loudly. Sir, this is a serious inquiry. Mr. McFarland, you must come to the door. Huh. He knows my name, Booger said. He looked out again with one eye. He slowly got out from his chair. Oh, there it is, he said. As he looked down, there were two hot dogs stuck underneath his thigh. He'd eaten so many hot dogs last night, but he knew he had lost two of them. And it turns out he'd just been sitting on them and they'd gotten stuck to the bottom of his thigh. He peeled them off and put them on a plate, unsure if it was proper to eat them. He slowly walked to the door. What can I do for you? Booger said, dreading having to talk to someone he didn't know. My name is Maxwell Bailey, the man said. He started to speak again, and Booger said, Maxwell Bailey? Talk about a stupid name. The man Stammered, Stupid name? Your name is Booger. Booger is one of the most popular names in the entire world. Check it out, Booger said. Maxwell Bailey was perplexed. There was only one booger he'd ever heard of. Well, two boogers. The booger's in your nose and this fella he was talking to. Still, he said, I'll start again. My name is Maxwell Bailey. I'm serving you notice. This is a subpoena. You've got to be in court. You're being sued for everything you've got. Ha! He said. He handed over a piece of paper looking at Booger. Booger looked at Maxwell Bailey. Alright, like Am I supposed to tip you to get a go to get you to go away? Like, why are you still here? Maxwell Bailey. Maxwell Bailey was very flustered and turned and walked back to his Toyota Prius, which got very good gas mileage. And considering how expensive gas was these days, it was a pretty good financial decision. He drove off. Booger took the piece of paper he got and put it on top of his television. He thought to himself, I'll come back to that later, but first I gotta figure out what I'm gonna do about these two hot dogs that were stuck to me all night. Booger sat back down, staring at the hot dogs. This was one of the toughest situations he'd ever been in. What do I do? The hot dogs still look delicious, but they've been stuck to my leg all night. Can I still eat them? Will I get sick? He quickly got on the phone and dialed 911. Hi, that's an emergency. Sir, what's your name? I don't have time. I need you to answer this emergency. Sir, we need to know your name. It's Booger McFarland, but can you tell me, can I eat two hot dogs that have been stuck to my leg all night? Uh, What? Yeah, it's, I told you it's an emergency. Can I eat these two hot dogs they have been stuck to my leg for about 11 hours? I was... I didn't know I lost them. I was eating so many hot dogs and these two must have slipped out. The emergency phone operator was speechless. You're calling the emergency phone line for ambulances, police cars, and fire trucks. And your emergency is you want to know if you can eat two hot dogs that have been stuck to your leg for 11 hours. Yeah, exactly. You totally understand. I don't know if it's relevant, but they were stuck on my upper thigh. On the back, I was sitting on them. It's pretty warm there. I think they might still be good. Hello? Hello? There is no nobody on the phone. Booger was worried. Oh, my phone's gone out now. But Booger didn't realize the emergency services operator had simply hung up on Booger. No one had ever called with a question about hot dogs. And he was not going to make this the first one he answered. Booger sat looking at his plate and these cold misshapen hot dogs for several hours. He realized this was one of the most difficult parts of his entire life. And the decision he made today, would impact his future. Finally, he decided he was not gonna eat the hot dogs. He went and threw them out and made a new pack of hot dogs just for himself. He ate those 12 hot dogs and enjoyed every single morsel. And when he finished the 12th hot dog, he had a new dilemma. Them hot dogs were so good, but I actually would want some more hot dogs and I don't have any in the house. What can I do? This was the second biggest dilemma he'd faced in his life. The first one had been earlier, about the hot dog stuck to his leg. As he pondered what he could do, he remembered. I've got two hot dogs in the garbage. Can I go eat the hot dogs in the garbage? A new dilemma confronted Booger. His third dilemma of his life and his third of the day. I don't know if I can eat the hot dogs that have been in the garbage, he thought. Finally, he made a decision. I can't eat hot dogs that are in the garbage. My garbage, all it's got in is the two hot dogs. It's pretty clean. He took them out and he was about to put one in his mouth. And then he remembered, this was one of them hot dogs that was stuck to my leg. Oh, no, I said I couldn't eat hot dogs that were stuck to my leg. But I can't eat hot dogs from the garbage. This one is both. He was completely flummoxed. He didn't know what to do. I betcha this is the type of dilemma them old philo sophers had to deal with. On one sense, I can eat the hot dog. But on the other sense... I can't eat the hot dog. Which one is right? It's like the battle of good versus evil. Booger fell asleep that night, not sure what to do. And when he woke up the next day, he decided to go to the supermarket and buy more hot dogs. And as the days went on, he forgot completely about the letter, about his legal troubles. And so it was still dealing with the philosophical issue of whether he could eat these two hot dogs. This went on for days, which became weeks, which became months. Until one day he got a phone call. Hello, this is Booger. Booger McFarland. Yes, it is. I'm the bail bondsman. I just want to confirm you'll be at the court tomorrow to plead your case. What are you talking about? said Booger. You were served notice 10 weeks ago that someone is suing you for everything you've got. Are you sure? Booger said. Yes. A man dropped off a letter. Booger looked around. Sure enough on top of his TV covered in dust was a piece of paper. Oh, I forgot. Well, you have to be here tomorrow at 8 a.m. I'll see you in 14 hours. Booger didn't really know what was going on, but said, All right, see you tomorrow. That morning, he drove down to the courtroom. And he was in the audience when they called his case. He raised his hand and said, I'm over here, I'm Booger McFarland. The judge looked down. Mr. McFarland, do you have a lawyer? A what? A lawyer? I didn't know I needed one. The judge looked at him. You're being sued for everything you've got. And you don't have a lawyer? I didn't know I was being sued for everything I got. Well, you are. It's in the piece of paper you were given 10 weeks ago. Booger looked at the piece of paper. I didn't read it, Booger said. It don't matter. I can do anything a lawyer can do. And sure enough, Booger walked up and sat on one side of the courtroom. On the other side were a group of men in expensive suits. The judge looked at them. And you folks are the lawyers for the plaintiff? Yes, we are. We are seeking complete damages of every penny, every item Mr. Booger McFarlane owns for he gave our clients bad advice that caused them to almost choke on a hot dog. I never did anything like that. You did, said one of the lawyers. You told our clients that they could eat four hot dogs at once and they choked and they almost died." Booger looked at the man. He started to think. Oh, yeah, I I did say that. The judge looked at him. Are you admitting your guilt? She said. Hang on. Hang on. I don't know. All right, said the judge. We will start the trial. Mr. McFarland, you can lead off. Okay. Hi, everybody. I'm Booger. The courtroom was silent. Booger was silent. He thought that's all he had to do the judge said are you going to state your case tell us why you're not guilty booger starts to remember he had seen a tv show about lawyers in the courtroom before and he had an idea booger's idea was he was going to pretend to be a lawyer all right everybody my name is booger mcfarland the lawyer Esquire, and I'm here to obliterate and prolaterate and uh, mutate about the case before you. The case before you is a travesty and must not be tried, for it is obligublin and mabalubin. And for that reason, I'm guilty. Ah, I mean, I mean innocent. I am not guilty. I am the opposite of not guilty. I'm innocent. Um, Mr. McFarland, said the judge, the opposite of not guilty is guilty. Yeah. Well, you said the opposite of not guilty is innocent. Yeah. Well, you can't be both innocent and the opposite of not guilty. Okay. No, no, you got to say, are you guilty or innocent? Yeah, I am. No, no, it's not a yes answer. Are you guilty? Yes. Or are you not guilty? Yes. Aha, uh-huh, said Booger. The judge was getting upset. Okay, can you please say, I, Booger McFarland, am not guilty. Or, I, Booger McFarland, am guilty. I sure can, judge, said Booger. He raised his right hand. He looked at the judge. I, Booger McFarland, am not guilty. Or I, Booger McFarland, am guilty. The judge looked at him. No, not both. One or the other. Oh, I got it. He raised his hands. He tried to cry because he noticed in a lot of courtroom dramas, crying really helped. He couldn't really cry that much. So he poked himself in the eye. Ow! Oh, that really hurt. I didn't think it hurt that much, said Booger. The judge looked down. What? Did you do? I poked myself in the eye to start crying and oh, I am crying. Oh, your judge, I want you to know. I hereby plead one or the other. The judge looked down. Is that all you have to say, Mr. McFarland? I just have one more thing to say. It really hurts to poke myself in the eye. I don't know why you said to do that. The judge looked at him. I didn't tell you to poke yourself in the eye. I don't think anyone's ever done that in my courtroom before. What gave you that idea? Are you sure you didn't tell me to poke myself in the eye? The judge looked down at booger. I am very certain, Mr. McFarland. And with that, let's let the plaintiffs talk. Six lawyers got up, all of them in expensive suits. Their hair were, was blow-dried with a lot of hairspray. All of them had deep voices. They knew what they were doing. As the morning went on, They brought on witnesses. They showed videos. There were pictures. There were tears. There were lots of big words, but Booger didn't know. At one point, Booger thought to say something. I object! He yelled out. The judge looked over. You object? I object to whatever that guy just said. The judge looked at him. He just asked if we can take a break for lunch. You don't want lunch? Oh, okay, I object to my objection then. The judge looked. You object to your objection? My first objection, I object to that one. Two objections mean no objection, right? The judge looked down. Do you want lunch now or not? Booger looked up. Oh, I do. You do want lunch or you don't want lunch? "Uh Uh-huh, said Booger. The judge was getting very, very tired of dealing with lawyer Booger McFarland, Esquire. All right, everyone. I don't care about this double objection. We're going to take an hour for lunch. And when we come back, we are going to sum up this case and I will rule on it. Booger went into the cafeteria in the courtroom. He was very disappointed that there were no hot dogs. There were, however, little sachets of mustard and ketchup and relish. He took the entire box of ketchup sachets and sat in a corner, ripping them open and squeezing them into his mouth one after another. Soon, Everyone in the cafeteria was staring at Booger. Eventually, he was finally full. He looked down. There was a mini pyramid of hundreds of ketchup packets, all of which he'd squirted into his mouth and savored. He thought to himself, it's not as good as a hot dog with ketchup, but it ain't half bad if you get enough of them. Booger stood up. He felt felt a bit woozy even for him. This was a lot of ketchup. He had been nervously eating because he was worried about what was going to happen this afternoon. He went back to the courtroom and the judge said, the plaintiffs will go first. And the plaintiffs restated their case, which revolved around Booger convincing a couple that their daughter, who was only two years old, could eat four hot dogs at the same time. And then, demonstrating how he could eat four hot dogs at the same time. And then, him eating eight hot dogs concurrently. The couple stated they had suffered severe emotional damage based on Mr. McFarland's antics and exploits. And the only thing that would make them feel better would be if they had all his money and all his beautiful jewelry and decorative plates and ornamental spoons. And the lawyer summed up with, And that's why, Your Honor, you must award us everything Booger McFarland owns. The main lawyer sat down smiling. Booger stood up. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why they want my money. All I said is, you can do anything you want. If you wanna eat four hot dogs, you can. If you only wanna eat two, you can. If you wanna be an astronaut and land on the moon, you can. All of us can do anything we want. That's all I was trying to say I didn't want them to give up and not try something that could really, really be great for them. Booger looked back at the judge. You know, I, when I told them about this, my dream then was I wanted to eat eight hot dogs and I was so passionate about following your dreams that I did it right then and there. I didn't even know if their dream was to eat four hot dogs but I know most people's dreams are around eating a certain number of hot dogs concurrently at one time. And I thought when I looked at them and that little baby girl, I thought, I bet you they're just wondering if they can eat four hot dogs at once. And so I gave them the advice to follow their hearts, follow their dreams and do it. I'm sorry if I caused them any pain. I didn't mean to." Booger sat down. As he looked back, he noticed most of the courtroom were crying. They had been inspired by Booger's story to follow their dreams. The judge looked around and said, I don't need any time to rule on this case. It's very clear what's happening. The plaintiffs have brought a spurious case forward. They're just trying to steal Mr. McFarland's money and stuff. He didn't force them to eat four hot dogs. In fact, he didn't even care if they ate four hot dogs. He just wanted them to follow their dreams, to be happy with their life. Not only do I not deny the plaintiff's lawsuits which means they get nothing from Mr. McFarland. But for wasting the court and Mr. MacFarland's time and for causing him stress, they must pay Mr. McFarland one hundred thousand dollars! Slam, she slammed her gavel on, the, on her desk. She stood up quickly and left, while the sound was still echoing in the room. Booger didn't realize what had happened until a couple days later when he went to get his mail, and inside was a letter with a cheque for $100,000. Booger thought to himself, I should become a lawyer, I'm pretty good at this, thinking back to all the great moves he'd made during his first time at the courtroom. The end. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe and give us a rating. This podcast and all the ideas and characters are copyrighted by myself, Richard. Bye-bye.